Hello, everyone, and welcome to our show. Today we discuss about digital marketing, how you can choose your priorities, strategy, how you can handle the process. And I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Joe Myers. How are you? Wonderful. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Um, for me, it's a big pleasure. I want to learn more about digital marketing. I, you know, uh, I found one way that uh, if you don't improve your knowledge, if you don't develop, if you don't go ahead, it's hard to uh, be successful in digital marketing because it's a quickly changing world. And before we start, I want to thank you, our sponsor, SEO Rankin, to operate it all in one SEO platform. Uh, I like SEO Rankin for their very accurate rent tracker tool, which shows your daily rankings for your website in five search engines for any location, device, and language. You can monitor Google Maps results in 35 search features for every keyword and much more. Just Google Serenkin Rent Tracker and explore 40 days for free. Yeah, so I, I love this tool. And before we start, just tell more about your experience, background, and why you decided to share with us about digital marketing. Certainly. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, so I've been in digital marketing for about 15 years. I've been at big companies. Um, and then about three and a half years ago, started my own agency after being a CMO of a technology company um, in the pet space. Um, and really wanted to be the agency that I couldn't find when I was out there. Um, so I, I consider myself um, uh, a, a fractional CMO. I consider our team and the people we work with that we are involved in the business. Um, we are not just a hammer looking for a bunch of nails. Um, we don't try to solve the one problem that we might be an expert in. Uh, we try to look at the product and the marketing holistically, the whole thing. If you think that there's a magic bullet out there, the one thing, all you have to do is run an ad, it's not going to work. Marketing is, especially on digital, it is an entire package of from your landing page to your email system to your SMS to your content strategy. It is the entirety of, the, of it, uh, and the sum is definitely larger than the, po definitely larger than the parts. Um, so we look at the entirety of your marketing strategy. Um, and we do expertise in a, a couple of things, of course, but we look at the entirety of the marketing strategy because you might run an amazing ad, but your landing page might not convert. Um, we're numbers focused, uh, numbers first run testing, um, and then slowly but surely chip away at the formula to grow your business um, and to move your, uh, to move, um, your dreams forward and, and whatever you want to sell, whether it's a service or a product, um, or, or professional service, making sure that you guys can, you can do that efficiently with your resources available. Yeah, nice, nice. Can you tell how to choose the right way? I mean, like, to, or to create the strategy, because digital marketing is huge. We have SEO, pay-per-click, social media, many other channels, webinars, uh, podcasts <laughs> that we have right now. Can you tell how to choose the right strategy? Because, uh, you know, I remember when... Uh, I tried to cover uh, many channels with limited resources. I failed. You know, it's hard yeah. to get results. But if you pay attention to one direction, when you can become the best on this direction, you can grow to other channels as well. Because many marketers can tell you need to use multi-channel approach. That, that's okay yep. if you have resources. Uh, but if you have limited resources, if you have no results with one channel, it's not a good idea. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, it, it, you, you hit it on the head. But I think that the, the key for most businesses that I've seen is they're trying to boil the ocean. Is mm -hmm. they think their product or their service or their whatever is good for everybody. 
you know, they think hundreds of millions of consumers off the gate, which is important that you didn't create a product for just you and your friends. But on the web, you need to be the best in your category. And your category can be 100,000 people. It doesn't seem like a lot, but any price point, and if you sold them 100,000 uh, 100, of them, it's a very successful business. So mm-hmm. take your audience and cut it again and again and again and again and again. And you need to be that one product for that you know, 10,000 people. And then mm-hmm. success after that is, is, is just executing on the day-to-day results. But I see a lot of people you know, starting a YouTube channel and they think they're going to be as big as Mr. Beast on day yeah. one. And their audience is like kids. And I'm like, no, nope, scale it down. How about you know, kids that live in this state? Win with them and then you can learn to win with kids in two states and three states. Or if you're selling an SEO service, you know, people are like, oh, I want everybody with you know, every marketer in the world. No, <laughs> you have yeah. a lot of competitors. There's a lot of people. So pick one niche. You have to niche down. I heard this once from a very successful business person. Niche will get you rich. Like niche mm-hmm. to rich. Like that is the biggest focus. And then that multi-channel approach will build on itself. You know, first they might mm-hmm. see your they might see your Facebook posting, and then they're gonna Google your your industry, what you're in, and then they might look at a YouTube video about you. But if you're for everybody, you're for nobody. So step one is take your audience, and if it's more than a hundred thousand and you're a startup, get it to a hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. Start there because you can reach them on ads way more effectively if it's a hundred thousand. Getting an email is now it makes sense because now you're building to a hundred thousand. Um, so make sure your entire audience, the people that love you, a hundred thousand. Start there. And if you want to, if you have a small budget, if you're bootstrapping it, if you're you know living in mom's basement and want to build your business, start with ten thousand. That's an amazing number. Like if you had a retail store and 10,000 people visited it, oh my gosh, yeah. it would be one of the most successful retail stores ever. Like it'd be incredible. 10,000 people visiting your store. And we think on the web because we can reach everybody, we should. And that just, there are micro companies that have 100,000 customers. It's, ins- mm-hmm. it's like the scale of that. You can do that on the web. But if you don't, if you're not, if you don't know those hundred thousand people, it's game over from the start. If you think your audience is ten million people, maybe like that's your five year plan, ten year plan when you can hire a team and you can reach them and you can micro niche for all of them. But take your audience, cut it in half, cut it in half, cut it in half, cut it in half again, and then win with them. And the rest is just offering them value first. Them value first. And you're you have their attention, the sales and the marketing and the and the, the stuff will come. But provide value first for that small audience. If you provide a hundred thousand people value, your business will have no problem being successful. Nice, nice, love it, love it. Um, yeah, uh, I know one interesting quote in marketing. 
if you uh, are trying to achieve anyone, you uh, can't achieve uh, anyone. <laughs> Because, yeah, uh, we need to focus and pay attention to our buying persona. Can you tell more about buying persona? How to find? your uh, buyers how to uh, filter out uh, because you know for example uh, i usually get a lot of spam messages uh, i have great products uh, i want to propose guest posted a hundred messages a day you know yep. i uh, you know my spam uh, inbox loves these messages you know they yep. go directly to this uh, place can you tell how to find the right uh, buying persona because for example if i get the right message so yeah i'm interested But when I get this spam, yeah, it's not my uh, direction. Can you tell more about that? Certainly, yeah. Buyer persona, I think, is the, is the number one place to start. And you want to know everything about that person, you know, where they live, their age, their income, but also like other products they buy, other services they buy. Understanding that, and I consider a buyer persona the ideal micro of that $100,000 that ideal micro audience that I can just take on this very simple journey of like, you have a problem, I have a solution and I'll make it nice and easy for you. So once you mm -hmm. are selecting a buyer personas, let's say you're a new company, we'll start it super easy. Buyer personas are going to be the natural people who are already searching for your product. They're already mm -hmm. in the market for your product. You're not trying to convince them. And then you take them down at like life stage. Think about this of like, you know, the day before you are proposed to somebody, you're in a different buyer persona. And right after that day you propose, so in marriage perspective, that day, now you're in the marriage persona. And so it's, it's based on their activity. So let's say it's an SEO company, SEO ranking. I'll just take them as an example Never seen them before, never worked with them before, but let's say you're that company. Okay, so people who are needing this service, so people maybe that just registered a business, that could be a buyer persona. People who have used a competitive service that priced out of it. Okay, this other SEO company just got too expensive. So now you have two buyer personas. You have new business owners and you have people who it's too, it was too expensive to use any of the other companies. Um, and then you have people who are like wanting to get quick results. So now those are your three buyer personas. And then you use rank, you use um, paid ads to target them. So your ad to one person is not, you know, was this company more expensive? Because they don't care about if it's more expensive. They just start a business. Or one company is results based. So you base it like, here are the people who want my product. And then what life stage are they at? What really drives them? What value can you specifically bring to them? Not the SEO ranking. That's not the value you're bringing. It's, my grandpa used to say this. He goes, sell the sizzle, not the steak. The mm -hmm. steak is the service, but the value that service provides, that's what you're selling. And each buyer persona has a different value they want from it. The new business owner wants to you know, be successful And, and be more efficient with the blogs they write. The one that just priced out is like, I need this service, but I can't spend this much money. And the one that wants the quick results and fast is like, I want all the results. I want the best. I want the best service out there. I don't care what it costs because I'm going to make money on the back end. And so now you have three buyer personas in that, in that scenario. 
and you can customize mm-hmm. your messaging for each of them through paid ads, through different YouTube things for different podcast experiences. So now you know that somebody reaches out to you and you're like, well, I don't, you don't, none of my buyer personas care about your product. Now it's not mm-hmm. a good fit. And now it's, now it's a way for you to categorize. And I create, I create fun names for them just to mm-hmm. make it easier in my head. I'm like, oh, um, you know, Billy Buyer, that's him. He would love that product. Nope, I don't have any personas that match with your product, so I'm going to pass. It's, it's very <laughs> easy to start distinguishing opportunities. And if people reach out to you with advertising things, you're like, well, my consumer is, you know, 35 plus. They're not on TikTok yet. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about TikTok anymore. I don't have to do everything because my, my buyers, I know where they're at. And then the best, best way to do it, if you have existing customers, is to just ask them. It's a super crazy, super simple. We have all these crazy tools of tracking and you know following them across the web. But I find the most value is like letting them self-select. Saying like, yeah. you know. What, what kind of products would you like me to market to you? I've sent that to customers before and you think it's like you're going to get nothing. And they respond like, oh my gosh, I'd love this and this and this and this and this and that and this. And you're like, oh, well, what kind of content do you want? If you're a content creator, just ask your audience, you know, what kind of content do you guys want from me? And then they'll yeah. self-select it. And then the next time you post that content, they're more inclined to engage with it. So feel free to just, you can use all this data. You can use all this backend. But at the end of the day, the best way to get your personas is you just ask your audience, like, you know, what's your age? They'll mm-hmm. respond. You know, give away a free thing. They'll respond. It's it, it's funny when you just ask sometimes to get those personas as well. But small audiences that are definable, you have to do that cool. because all the backends you have to tell you have to tell Google, you have to tell Facebook, you have to tell TikTok, you have to tell everybody who you want. And if you don't know, they're just going to take your money. They're really happy taking your money and not delivering your ad to the right person for you. Love it. Love it. Uh, You mentioned about Mr. Beast. Um, I remember when I read uh, history of Mr. Beast, uh, he uh, posted videos uh, for over an year, like year and half, and got only uh, first thousand subscribers. Today, yep. he has uh, 100 million subscribers. Yep. <laughs> Can you tell about patience? I see when marketers give up. You know, they uh, want to get uh, quick results. They want to get quick wins. Today, it's hard because uh, online competition is huge. And I don't know how to get quick results. Uh, <laughs> if you are not Elon Musk, of course. Can you tell from your experience how to estimate uh, how long does it take uh, any marketing campaigns? And uh, for me, it's much better not to build high expectations when you are waiting. Oh, you know, I set up this marketing campaign, so I will sell everything and uh, uh, be, become the best uh, on this trade. But it's not true. You know, it's hard. You can do it but it takes time can you tell more about patience and how to estimate this uh deadline certainly i think i think realistic expectations is is super important in all aspects but especially in business and i love the mr beast story as well um he was a you know college dropout you know living with his parents and just had passion for that so i'll talk about like two different like entrepreneurial patience is huge and that has to be driven by passion 
if you don't love what you do or what you are doing, you know, the year and a half, two years long that it's going to take you to, to be an expert in that is going to be gruesome. I've seen people be mm-hmm. like, oh, I, I want to be a content creator. And after six months, no, no traction, they give up. Mm-hmm. They're just like, well, yeah, you have 100,000. You have 200,000 competitors every day that have passion for this. So number one is an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You have to have passion to have patience. Yeah. So passion first and then patience. Um, from a small business owner, let's say you're trying to sell a service or you know, I'm a digital marketer, so I'm trying to sell my my services. Um, and so for me, patience comes with finding small wins along the process. So even in the Mr. Beast example, you know, he would get incrementally better every day. It wasn't he went from a thousand to a million in a day. Um, he went from a thousand to two thousand to 2,500, to 2,700, to 3,000. So it really embrace those wins and that will help your longevity for uh, your patience. So passion, you have to embrace the wins. Like if one person watches your TikTok video and zero people watched yesterday, embrace that. Don't compare yourself against the other TikToker or the other tweenager who just got 100,000 views. That's not your story. That's not your journey. You know, there were bigger YouTubers when Mr. Beast was coming up. I mean, they're bigger, mm-hmm. still still were, maybe not anymore. He's kind of dominated that platform now. <laughs> yeah. But there are still bigger ones uh, while, while he was going up. And he had so much passion and so much patience that he didn't really care. He kind of just outworked them. Um, and I also recommend that you get into a mastermind of some sort or surround yourself with people that are on the same journey as you. That was part of Mr. Beast's strategy. He had three other guys, I believe, that he would like talk with an hour a day on like how to make a better video, how to get better clicks, how to get more mm-hmm. engagement in the comments. Like he was learning and learning and learning and learning and learning. And he said, he's like, well, I could have done it for two years and learned this much. But because I had four guys, I was learning this much every single week. I was learning four yeah. times more than I should have. Um, so that, that helps as well. I'm in a couple of mastermind groups in marketing. Um, and we're connecting with people and saying, oh, did you try this? Oh, check out that. Um, and sometimes, especially in the back end of all the platforms, if you're new to them, they're designed to be confusing um, because they want your help and they want to give more options, but that one click, you could click one little button and that could be a difference maker in a campaign. And if you don't know that you could waste six months and then somebody tells you like, Hey, make sure you click on auto optimization. You're like, Oh no. (laughs) Or in some platform, don't click on auto optimization because it'll mess it up. So, (laughs) you know, the, the patience and the passion celebrating those little wins and getting into a mastermind, and then that that sky is the future because every day there's a little win. If you're waiting for, yeah. if you're waiting to be happy over there, you'll never be happy ever. Because once you arrive there, then you'll look next, and then you'll look mm-hmm. next, and then you'll look next, and then you'll be, you know, bummed even though all your dreams were succeeded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's it's the same. Uh, you know, uh, I I like to 
uh, share examples. For example, if you play soccer or basketball or tennis, you yeah. don't wait when someone will pay money for your uh, hobby. Yeah. No, your job is hobby. You know, marketing campaigns uh, are hobby. You know, if you love what you do, you can't give up because you love it. You, yeah. you don't care about uh, views, likes, comments, uh, clicks, anything because you can go ahead step by step improve experience be a little bit better every single day sometimes you can feel it that's okay but you can improve day by day yeah love it Uh, can you tell about uh choosing between paid marketing and organic reach because um uh we shared a lot uh, how to get uh, to be patient, to learn your customer persona. But, you know, sometimes uh, we have two directions. Paid marketing, when we have budget, uh, organic reach, that's okay. Even if you have budget, you can hire specialists with that. Can you tell about choosing the right direction? Certainly, yeah. So I think they, they play together well. Um, mm-hmm. And Google won't Google will not say this publicly, but I've been meeting with Google for many years now, my time at Target corporate here in the States, is that your site traffic affects your organic ranking. So Mm -hmm. if you pay for site traffic, guess what? You have now more organic ranking. So they work hand in hand. And it's sort of like the, the tree analogy if it falls in the forest. If you have zero site traffic, you don't really have organic reach. So there's there's a balance there. And so I think that one of the most difficult things nowadays is content creators that are not social first. Mm-hmm. Social is now becoming the new organic ranking of content creation. Um, before, like bloggers, you know, if you're starting off with a brand new blog or you want your company to start off with a brand new blog, it's always a, a strategy. You know, like people are going to read this really long blog about my company and then buy it. Um, that requires traffic. Um, and so I think for me, I consider organic the, the roots of the tree. Mm-hmm. You could have these incredible roots underneath this tree, but the tree could be two inches tall. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so if you have, you know, there's companies that I know that have almost zero, you know, organic like blog, long tail content ranking. But if you Google their product category, they come up first every time because they have this giant paid tree. Giant paid tree. You look them up. Oh yeah, I'm going to check out this product. You know, Amazon is a really good example of that. Mm -hmm. How many blogs on Amazon have you read? Amazon.com. Who's read a blog on Amazon.com? Product centric, right? Uh None. They took their product listing pages and made them massive because they show up mm-hmm. in every search ranking. They are everywhere. And now the, the blog on a product is just the product search page. So <laughs> you can have incredible like 55 and you could post a blog a week and you could be on every little pot. You could do everything underneath the ground. But still, until you pop up in some way, it's game over. So I love organic, especially if you understand your audience and you can go really, really long tail with a problem solve. Think problem solve. People go on Google to solve a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When's the weather? You know, when's the game? What time is it? 
uh, you know, who was the 13th president of the United States? Like they go on there to solve a problem. And, and so if your blogs aren't problem solving solution, then you're kind of dead in the water. So I would recommend, mm-hmm. you know, it's really tough to tell like stage of company, but if you're a brand new company, focus on social reach first. That will pop your that'll pop your little head up out of the sand, and then you mm-hmm. can backfill all those, you know, all the stuff underneath the surface and create this really robust organic. But if you just try to like rank for blogs nowadays, I mean that is becoming increasingly difficult because it used to be page one of Google. Now it's like the first seven listings. The last I saw is if you're not within those first seven listings with three ads plus the three that show up organically, no one's clicking the ninth listing on Google because you can type so fast or you can use voice search. And now it's just the first listing. Like if I do a voice search on Google and say like, you know, SEO company, I'm getting three listings. That's it. So mm-hmm. organic is important, but without the paid element or without the social element that you boost, no one is going to see it. Your, you know, all your roots are just going to lie there and support a very small tree. So focus on reach first, and then you can always backfill with long tail organic roots that help, help it long term. But again, they're only going to be, you know, 15, 20% of your, of your site traffic. Um, because you just can't you can't scale with them as quickly as you can turning on a paid ad and reaching a hundred thousand people like that. Yeah, yeah, love it, love it. Uh, can you tell about choosing the right strategy for social media? Uh, for example, um, I often see when uh, companies uh, check out online studies and can see, for example, video content gets much higher engagement. But they are not good with that. They have no experience to film videos. Sometimes they have good writers who can uh, create awesome writing, uh, text-based content. Uh, and I think it's better to consider your strong side. For example, if you're good with writing, use it. If you're good with okay. filming, just use it. Uh, can you tell about choosing the right strategy for social media, especially for uh, some uh, specific niche uh, uh companies uh, that sell uh products that people uh, I, I think like uh not a lot of people are interested with these products but they need to uh i don't know like to cover the right audience certainly yeah so so social i think people always forget about the first word in social media which is social mm-hmm. so number one is you want to you know know that target target demographic know those personas know that audience and then engage socially like you would at a cocktail party or you would at a social event online with that really small niche of people. So value first, you know, providing, you know, insight, providing um, high value to that audience is number one. So start your social channel and don't post anything for a couple of days. Just engage Mm -hmm. with the people who you want to eventually see your stuff. And do it in a very genuine, not spammy way. Not like, love love your photo. Check out my website. That's gross. <laughs> yeah. That's awful. No one would like that in person, so don't do it online. Like, real genuine engagement. And you can spend, I do, um, most of my clients, we do the 20-20 rule. So mm-hmm. 20, 
20 brands that you want to engage with every day. So that's 20 brands or 20 creators or 20 people that every day and they're consistent. So engaging, engaging, they have large audiences, their demographics are the same. They might sell a non-competitive product and then 20 new 2020 mm -hmm. probably take you 15 minutes if you do it right. And so now that's week one. So now you know what people are engaging with, you know, what type of content is there. And I thoroughly agree. Lean into what you're good at. If you're not good at video, either hire somebody to do it, hire yeah. somebody who's native to the platform as well. Every social media is like a new language. You want to find somebody who's native to that language of TikTok, of, of YouTube shorts, of Facebook reels. Like you want to know that somebody is a native because if you post on there and you've never done it before, it's not going to work. It is going to be so frustrating for you. So find somebody that's native, lean in what you're good at and engage. If you do that mm -hmm. for a week, you know, engage for a week and then write content and keep engaging. And then the better you're going to, you know, the more natively you're a part of those conversations and the more niche you are, success follows from those two things is that engagement and being niche because they see you, you know, that you have, you know, if you do that a week, let's say you do it a week, that's a hundred people that are going to see new people. They're going to see you every week. Now you're building traffic. Now they're engaging with you. You're creating content for them, not for you. It's not an ad. Anybody who posts, you know, a sale on your social media, unless you have a current audience or post a product feature benefit, unless you have a current audience, unless you're paying a bunch of money for ads, it's not going to work. No one wants to see an ad on social. They want to see like high value. They want to see fun, engaging content. Um, so don't try to sell them on social unless you're paying the platform to reach them. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I agree with that. Uh, I, I often see when content creators oversell, they yep. think how to sell, but on social media users have no buy and mood. They're not ready to buy. They're not interested to buy. They want to get value. So yep. the main yep. goal to share value, you can combine to submit call to action, uh, to combine with your products. But think more about sharing value, helping and supporting others. So yeah, exactly. exactly yeah, you, how your how your product or service can like value them is not mm -hmm. selling them. That's informing them, and mm -hmm. then they can make that buying decision on their own. Uh, very simple. They'll, you don't have to tell them you had a problem. I solved it better than anybody else. Buy it. That shouldn't be the case. Um, you eventually want to in other forms like emails are a really good way to sell paid ads, Google ads. Those are places you can just sell, 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 sell. People are in the buying mood there. Yeah. You mentioned this word. Uh, I love this word, by the way, uh, consistent. Uh, can you tell more about consistently? Because I see two directions. One direction from, uh, for example, uh, like Gary Vee. He, he usually shares, uh, you need to post as maximum as possible. Don't care about uh, <laughs> quality, think more about quantity because uh, right. when you post quantity, you can improve quality. How you can uh, create awesome high quality content if you have no experience with creating any content. It's like, uh, I remember one interesting tip uh, from one uh, great YouTuber and he told, uh, you need to film a hundred bad videos. 
Just film a hundred bad videos because you can improve your quality step by step. You can uh, many content creators give up because they can't create uh, high quality content from the first attempt. I don't know how you can create from the first attempt. It takes time, you know. Like Mr. Beast, like PewDiePie, many other great YouTubers, bloggers, they spend time. They love what they do. Can you tell about consistency? How much or uh, uh, I don't know, like how many times to post per week, how many times to write, how or how much time to spend on social media because it's a little bit tricky. Some marketers tell uh, we don't need to uh, post a lot. Others can tell no, post a lot. Can you tell how to find the balance between them? Yeah, no, it's, a, it's an excellent question. I think number one is be post as often Uh, I think what I, what I recommend is you have a schedule first, month by month. So have mm -hmm. a schedule, month one, and say, cool, I'm going to post, you know, I usually do for my personal brand, once in the morning, once in the afternoon, and then I engage during a set amount of time. And make it like a, like a task you do, like checking your email box or paying your bills. So set 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And just during that time, that's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. Mm -hmm. I do not recommend that people are engaging all day on social to build their business. Because I think what happens is you lose focus. You lose attention. You stop engaging with the 20 and you start watching content instead of creating content. Especially for mm -hmm. new creators. That happened to me. It's like, oh, I'd, I'm going to go watch 12 shorts and then I'll create one. Nope. You set time. <laughs> If you're just getting started, 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes in the afternoon, you're either engaging or creating during those 30-minute spots. And during the rest of the time, you're actually working on the business. You're optimizing the ads. You're doing the email campaigns. You're reaching out to people that are going to get you, you know, short-term, you know, more better results internally. Spending seven hours online on social media without a focus, without an action, is a waste of time. So start off 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes in the afternoon, the 20-20 rule, 20 people you know, and 20 new people, um, and then create content during the second 20. So one, one 20 is engaging, one half hour is engaging, the other in creating, 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 creating. Um, yeah. And so be intentional about that, and then plan it out for a month. And then what I usually do is after a month, I'll look at all the results. Okay, that video got a lot of success. That video was, uh, I need to do better on there. That video didn't really work as well. Um, and then I'll plan a day of just content creation. So just mm -hmm. a Wednesday, I block my calendar off and it's just content, 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 content. And then you can post those contents for a week and every day. So don't, I think with content, you want to be, treat it like a job because it is. The consistency comes with your own bandwidth. I don't think consistency is like I'm on there eight hours a day and I don't do anything else. I think consistency is scheduling set times. I have friends that are big creators and they do coffee and comments. So every morning they sit down with a cup of coffee and they reply to all their comments and reach out to everybody. So every morning, seven days a week, that's what they're doing. But during the mm -hmm. rest of the day, they're not replying to anything because they're, they're working or they're living or they're doing the thing that people follow them for. Um, so there's a difference between like consistency and like all the time. 
I thought they were yeah. the same, but consistency is just I set amount of time. I'm very productive during that time, and I do that every day. Yeah, yeah, love it, love it. Uh, I have the question about uh, common mistakes that marketers do. Can you tell uh, your list of mistakes, for example, generic stuff, obsolete stuff? Because, for example, black hat te SEO techniques, m many things. From your experience, which mistakes it's better to uh, avoid? Uh, what marketers should avoid today, ignore it because it doesn't work, uh, it's uh, so obsolete, and many similar things. Mm -hmm. I think the, the biggest mistake that I've seen is not understanding your numbers and mm -hmm. not understanding the difference and the value a percentage increase can make on your business. I've had businesses like um, conversion rate on their landing page. So when clicks add to cart and buys it. You know, mm -hmm. I've had people say like, oh, it's one and a half percent and that's good. I go, if it was three and a half percent, your business would double. Same, same effort in, but realizing about on, on page conversion, go up from one and a half to three and a half. Your business would literally double with everything else the same. Mm -hmm. So understanding the value of the marketing funnel of like how many people on social go to your website, how many people on your website, add your email chain, how many people from your email are buying and understanding those percentages and that value between them is the biggest change. A lot of people say like, Oh, I need more social traffic. And I'll always say like, why? Well, because mm -hmm. if I have more social, I'll get on my website. You will. <laughs> why? And they won't be able to explain it. Like, well, they go from social to my website. <laughs> okay, how? Or like the, my ads, I just need to run more ads. Why? They just think, they think top line, and but they don't understand that it is a micro, it is not like, a, it's not like I see a customer and they buy. They have to go through an entire process. So where do they first see you? How are they getting to your website? Are you pixeling them? Are you grabbing their email address? Are you selling them an email? How are they opening it? I've had people be like, we need to redo our email campaigns. I'm like, well, nobody is opening your campaigns now. So it doesn't matter your content. We need to worry about opens first. So I think the understanding each piece of that um, and going to the bottom part of your funnel, that, that conversion piece and understanding the conversion on there is going to be a life changer. I've had people say like, so they spent the exact same amount, but we optimized their landing page and their business doubled. Yeah. It's like, oh, I, love it. I thought I thought I had to do all this stuff offline and all the social media stuff and get more traffic. I'm like, you already have traffic. Don't solve a problem that doesn't need to be solved. And the only way to do that in social is to understand your data, understand your numbers and realize, you know, realize those differences, those 1% differences make a huge impact on your business. Love it, love it, Joe. It's a big pleasure, a big pleasure to learn from you. You share a lot of value. Tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. Certainly. Um, so you can uh, check out my agency, uh, sharemarketing.agency. Um, specialize in all things 
work through all of these things we talked about today uh, uniquely. Uh, we provide a full free evaluation of your marketing strategy, both back end, completely for free. So we'll look at everything and give you our recommendations and see how we can, if we can support you and if we can help you. Uh, and sometimes we'll tell clients like, hey, you don't need us. You need this. You need a video production team because that's the value nice, you yeah. provide. Um, want to be as honest. So you can check me out on LinkedIn. Uh, just Joe Myers, J-O-E-M-E-Y-E-R-S um, on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Okay, guys, you can find all these links in the description below. Listen us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. A big pleasure. I completely agree with you. You know, about something, uh, if you can't help, just show other agencies, other freelancers who can do it. Uh, because Jack of all trades, master of none. So you can <laughs> provide all services uh, if we are talking about high quality services. So it's better to pay attention to one direction. Okay, guys, uh, reach out to Joe, learn from him follow him on social media thanks for watching and listening to us